But I literally like don't open my mailbox for months. I, when I when I had to open it for taxes, right? Mm-hmm. I found that I had checks. I had like nine hundred dollars worth of checks from a what's it called when you like work on a show and then they pay you for it after residuals. Residuals for residuals. Oh my god, Jared. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that props you up like Weekend at Bernie's and says, you're not going home until we say you're going home. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Darren Sheldon. (laughs) Darren, how you doing? (laughs) Imagine being so insufferable, they're like, we would rather have the corpse of Shauna than you. This whole episode just makes me die. I love it so much. <sighs> so good. It's such a good episode. It's such a good season. There's so much going on. Okay, oh. we'll get into it. Steven, I discovered a new thing to be afraid of. Okay. Prions. What is that? I was already afraid of them, but now I spent like 30 to 45 minutes in the shower today going down a Wikipedia hole of like what they are. Tell uh, me more. So do you know what a prion is? No, I have no idea. Okay. Content warning for anyone that has, like, the thing that I have, uh, hypo- that are hypochondriacs. Oh, sure. I guess that's not something you have, something you are, I don't know. If you're a hypochondriac, turn off the podcast, go jump forward to the bumper. Just go, like, ten minutes in. I probably won't be talking that long. Go, like, My- five minutes in. There you go. Basically, it's a folded protein. Okay. Which makes it, so it, they only really exist in the brain. Now, I'm not a scientist. I could be getting some information wrong here. If they exist elsewhere in the body, they're your body has easy ways to take care of them, but in the brain, they don't. And the most common way of getting it is like cannibalism, but that's, or that's like the most like well-documented one is from a tribe in Papua New Guinea that like ritualistically like ate dead bodies as part of their uh, religion and all that. And one of them got prions from like an infected animal and then the whole tribe got it. 100% uh, death rate. It is incurable. There is some speculation that Alzheimer's is a prions disease, but it is unknown. Huh. If you get it, you might not know for 10 to 50 years. Which, I mean, 50, not so bad. 10, eh. And you'll just suddenly deteriorate, and nobody knows why. And then, if they do think it's prions, they have to do a, a posthumous, like, brain study, and then they basically have to burn fucking everything in that room. <laughs> they have to burn it with fire. Like, the hottest fire, because these fuckers won't die. They will. They can live for two years innately on surfaces. That's fun. That's what mad cow disease was. Yeah. So, like, they're basically feeding cows other cows, the proteins folded, and, yeah, then that was could be transmissible to humans, and everyone that got it fucking died. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot going on in Jared's brain today. Hopefully not prions. Anyway, despite the, the folded proteins going to kill us all, have a good week? Did you... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have a bad week. I had a friend staying with me. Actually, Jess was on the podcast. Yep. Um, loved having her around. Jess, you're listening to this. I doubt you are, but hello. <laughs> she makes a bit of not listening to it. I am not used to cohabitating with another human being, so that was interesting. <laughs> Just like my own mental health has like gotten really used to like... Ah, and now my apartment. Nobody can perceive me. And I'm like, ah, there's always somebody perceiving me. (laughs) There is a certain point in my adult life where I'm like, I will never have roommates again. I am so sick of this. And then I immediately had roommates again. And I I don't know. Once your body is accustomed to not having people around all the time, it it is. It's a culture shock. Which is wild to me because I am the final boss of extroverts. (laughs) Like, I'm the extrovert that all the other extroverts go, oh boy, okay, I think I'm ready to, to, to turn it in for the night. And I'm like, alright, next bar, let's fucking go. Get in, loser, we're going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't blame you. Like, going outside and talking to someone makes me tired, so by all means, I get it. <laughs> and I have crippling anxiety, so mm. it's like, it's like the John Mulaney bit, where it's like, would that be cool with you? <laughs> when you talk about, like, different drinks at a party, but it's like, if I just exist for five minutes, would that be cool with you? Would you like that? How was your week, Steven? Good. Like, it's, it was weird. I 
always expect to show up to a show and this last week I didn't have a show at all. Not Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't act at all this week. Not that the show wasn't happening. I just wasn't like it was an understudy performance guaranteed and then just we had to cancel a show for other reasons. A family emergency. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's very strange and now walking back after like a full week break into next week I'm going to be like what is this? <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> Who are you Who people? Who are you people? <laughs> but yeah, uh, more auditions coming down the pipeline, a vacation coming down the pipeline. So you're on vacation? Yeah. Where well, are we going? Going to go visit my family. Uh, we're meeting in the middle since I live in Chicago and they live in Minnesota. We meet in the middle somewhere either in Michigan or Wisconsin and we get an Airbnb and just hang out. Michigan is not between Chicago and Minnesota. The UP. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, that's fair. Near the Wisconsin border. Um, you missed it, though, and now you have to bring me along, because this is where are we going, and then you answered. So now, I'm ah. coming with you, nothing you can do about it. Damn it. All it's right. recorded. Well, I mean, we have planned to go to an arcade tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Yes. Yay. After I clean out my storage unit. Yay. Speaking of things that make you go yay, emails. You missed such an easy one. Why? Speaking of things I need to clean out. Emails! Nah, where's the fun in that? Alright. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. Send us emails, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. You can send us on Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. Just a few emails today from, starting with, as we often do, Carl! Carl! Hell yeah, this season's a certified banger. Yep. But because I hate you and myself, I will start by talking about Brian. God damn it. It's <laughs> episode four and we're still on Brian. Brian pretty definitively invented the GOAT concept, as in bringing someone along through the entire game with the express purpose of beating them in Final 2. Colby brought Keith along, yes, but that was for necessity and voting numbers, not an intentional strategy to defeat him in the final vote. Well, no, no, I'm not saying that Colby did that, but Colby floated the idea. He was like, I could bring Keith with me, or maybe it was Tina, I don't know. Whoever whoever got to decide who they were taking with them to the final two. It was Colby. It was Colby, okay. Colby's like, I could bring Keith, who I can beat, or I could bring Tina, who I don't know if I can beat, but I think deserves it more. And he didn't pull that trigger, but he still had the gun in his hand. Sure. I, I, I see what you're saying. This was evident in the 2002 audience reaction. They weren't just mad he was there. They didn't understand how he made it. The idea of the goat was such a foreign concept to people that the audience was confused why Clay was still there because they all thought sucking at the game equals you're out early. And also, okay, so you can't say, this is my, my argument of why Brian is not a top five winner despite me only knowing five winners. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say Brian is a top five winner and, and, and invented the goat concept and then his goat got three of the seven votes and almost beat him. <laughs> You're not going to get an argument from me. <laughs> I am here to relay the news from everyone. Yeah, no, no, I'm just I'm arguing against our listeners. The good news! I think you made a good point about Xi'an being willing to flip no matter what, and Clay being the one to begin that. I do still think that it says something that she never sniffed out his true nature, though. And I hate that I feel like I'm on Brian's side of the debate. Jesus, how disgusting. Let's never talk about him again. Great. Agreed. <laughs> We will. <laughs> Notes from the episode, episode two. Season so far is great. Intro is mid. I cannot objectively rate this intro. It unlocks a core memory and pulls on nostalgia, and I cannot separate that. Because to me, it's like, it's like, oh, this intro is fucking awesome. But I think a lot of that is just because it's the first one I like have some memory mm -hmm. of. Good. Hold on to that. We'll get back to that. Things you can't objectively rate. Oh? I mean, not today, but oh, okay. eventually we're going to get to that. One of my favorite visuals of this episode was Humdrum Daniel awkwardly sitting between Roger and Alex as they debate homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gave me Red Beret vibes from the Ted and Gandhi. Yes, yes. Yeah, Daniel's like, sitting there like, what? wait, is, who is homo? Are they from a Latin country? <laughs> Why are they so sexual? Why are they so sexual? All right. <laughs> we love sexuals. <laughs> Favorite moment of the episode. Joanna, 
I'm gonna talk all night long about the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Dina, can you do it in a whisper? Joanna, no! <laughs> and this is why she lost to a corpse. <laughs> and then men showing their brute dominance in a memory challenge. Hilarious. Hilarious. Good time. And he's with Jared. It was a boring challenge. There you go. Not all of them can be, bang- can be bangers. Yeah. Not sure what comes across on TV as much, but Dina said Tribal Council was really gorgeous and always filled with animals. I do oh. like that they have to row there. That is really cool. No, I really like the Tribal Council set. We haven't talked about it. It's kind of reminiscent of Borneo. Mm. Maybe that's just because they're in a jungle again. Yeah. But it it doesn't feel like it's overly gaudy, and it feels really... I don't know, it just it feels part of the environment in a cool way. Like, they, if they were like, we actually just kind of stumbled upon this and used it, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, whereas Africa, you do feel like it, you're just plopped there. Yeah. I mean, even in Australia, you're kind of just plopped there. No, the Australian one is fucking gorgeous, man. It's great. No, don't get me wrong, but I think the more barren environments don't lend themselves mm. to, oh, yeah, you're surviving in the wild. Fucking there's nothing here. <laughs> you're inherently going to look weird on camera being yeah. out there. Eh. Also from episode three, also Carl, Rob's may all have similar vibes, but there's a wide gulf between Survivor Rogers so far. That is true. <laughs> Just, uh, that's a good point you got there. <laughs> Love Joanna making fun of Rogers' height at the mixer. It's pretty funny. It is hilarious. Also like when Jenna says she's not showing anything, but maybe some other day, and Jeff goes, oh, really? Don't forget, Jenna came in here and day one was like, fuck, I wanted to seduce the men to stay in the game. Yeah. And like, I love that. Weaponize it. But mm-hmm. also, that's her strategy and she's still sticking to it. <laughs> I thought Rob was funny there. I liked, and Heidi doesn't have it either. And the women are picking me clean. <laughs> and also he said, Jesus would want the guys to win because he's a guy. That's a good point. We didn't talk about that. That's, that's true. That's a something. Oh, you know the producers were asking some very leading questions with the dude's confessionals. For what Probably. it's worth, yeah. multiple women have testified that they were saying the same things about the men at the time. It just didn't get aired. Interesting. Guess it didn't fit the men are losing because they're thinking with their penises narrative. Yeah, and the... the We, we have a narrative in... I can't speak outside of America, so I, I don't know how far this permeates, but that like, the puritanical... like women are not supposed to have sex but like if you this is something that's always confused me with slut shaming Mm -hmm. if if you're talking about heterosexual and men want to have sex and it is not frowned upon for them to have sex then they need a partner which and and heterosexual a a woman who then is slut shamed for having sex it doesn't make any fucking sense (laughs) it's never made sense to me but it's still like deeply rooted i mean it's still rooted in our culture but especially back in fucking 2003 like yeah they're not gonna they're but women can't get horny what are you talking about (laughs) that makes a lot of sense yeah there's a lot Heidi's We've Got Better Bodies confessional was the start of older women across America hating Heidi oh I bet and Heidi doesn't do herself any favors in this next episode no no Oh, and that's the other thing to say with that is with the men and I guess off-camera women being like, oh, they're so hot. Listen, you're so bored. (laughs) You're so bored. Yeah. There is nothing else to talk about. And the only reason I think we haven't gotten more of that is because the tribes have had mixed genders. And so it's like, you don't want to do something to piss somebody off or you don't want to objectify somebody on your tribe. It does seem like it's mostly in good fun. And then there's times where they just cross and then it's gross. Yeah. The bathing scene was heavily promoted before the episode. Of course it was. There was one ad that was like, catch the survivor scene that's fighting against the censors. Almost implying it was risk of being cut entirely. I mean, probably could have been. Sex sells. I know, probably right? should have been. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Another great quote. Will the righteous Dan take the lovely Shauna? From Dave. Growing, growing into one of my personal pet favorites of all time. Does Joanna say hallelujah this often in her normal life? Probably. <laughs> Probably, but I do want to I I feel like in her confessional at the very end of this last episode, it was it was edited in 
to make it seem <laughs> like she was doing that in her final confessional. Because it cut away from her face and did the, the hallelujah glory stuff and then cut back to her again. So I'm like, hmm. Why do you track that? We're, uh, Interesting. We're playing some, some games here, Survivor. Yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for all those. A couple emails from Josh. Josh, since it was brought up, Chill One also wrote a book detailing his experience spoiling Survivor Amazon. Don't look it up, obviously, for spoilers. But apparently there is a book. And since I suspect a lot of people are using the same information source to write in, I recommend the Survivor Historians podcast for any listeners who want background information on the show. That's good stuff. Hmm. Thank you. Also, we are currently at 15 of 18 All-Star players, so there's still three people left. Three, okay, got it. And I did not correct you on the last one, but I kind of just left you hanging, so... So I'm guessing it's going to be the two winners and one other, but we'll see. Obviously, they don't necessarily bring back winners, but... Nobody knows. They usually seem to have a good reason when they don't bring back... Well, okay, racism or a good reason. Yeah, that's... Well, okay. (laughs) There is that one. And then finally, for our emails, Tyler, this was actually not Daniel's first appearance on a reality TV show. In 2001, he auditioned for season one of WWF Tough Enough, which was a show on MTV that featured people competing to win a contract with the WWF. Wow. And he made the top 25, but was not one of the 13 selected to go onto the main season. Uh, I mean, he's a pretty strong guy. I mean, he looks like that would work for him. Makes sense. Can he act? Well, yeah, that's right. He goes on to be an actor. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Neat. Also, you don't really need to act to be a wrestler. You do, though. You gotta sell. Okay, but, like, it's a very it's a very specific kind of acting. Correct. Kayfabe is awesome. <laughs> he was featured as the spokesperson in a Canadian infomercial for a product called the Qui Biomagnet Bracelet. Do you remember those things? No. So they had those like bracelets that you would put on your your wrist and people would wear them because it like balances out their... Oh, yeah, now I do. Yeah, a scam. Yeah, oh yeah, you were correct. But it was there. People had them. By the way, just doing these like where are they now is can, that kind of explains why everyone in the reality show circuit like all fucking know each other. Yeah. Like they're pulling from the same people over and over again. Absolutely. It, I think it's worse now. It, oh, so much so. Yeah. He also attended the Survivor edition of the Price is Right primetime special hmm. in 2016, only as an audience member. <laughs> I mean, you if they do it like they do the Price is Right, everyone in the audience has potential to come up. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. They well, don't have it pre-selected. I feel like with a celebrity one, though, they would probably have it pre-selected. <laughs> you, want the, you want the people up there that should be there. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. Believe it or not, this is the slow part of the season, so if Jared is already enjoying it this much, I can't imagine how he'll feel once we get to the real meat of the season. Yes. Give me that meat. All right. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, Tyler. That's all we got. Anything else from you? Prions are scary, man. (laughs) You know what's not scary? The bumper! Alright, so this episode came out on March 7th of 2003. Uh, a decent amount of things happened in the week between episodes, but not anything that was, like, relevant in 2023. It seems like hyper-local stuff to its time. Or, like, stuff that's, like, interesting to talk about, really. Mm-hmm. The only one I really pulled out that I thought was interesting is management of the United States Customs Service and the United States Secret Service moved to the United States Department of Homeland Security. Remember, before 9-11, the Department of Homeland Security did not exist. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. All right. They were all a bunch of solo departments, which I find fascinating. Yeah. That's, ooh. It was part of the reason why 9-11 happened is because these departments weren't talking to each other. Yeah. Or they their communication, if they were talking to each other, it was, like, delayed. They didn't really trust each other. They didn't have any, like, shared language. So uh, we got that shit figured out. That's good. And it's a new song at the top of the list. All right. In the club. Not oh, yeah. the club. Da, da club. D-A. Yeah, yep. correct. With 50 cent. Or by 50 cent. We're not in the club with 50 cent. I mean, you could be. That'd be a good time. It, I, would, I think that would be great. <laughs> the top five movies are Cradle to the Grave. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Old School. Tears of the Sun. 
which I also don't know what that is. Okay. And then Bringing Down the House. I've heard of it, but I That's the one I looked up. So, it's a comedy, if you want to call it that, with a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. 49% audience score. Lawyer Peter Sanderson, played by Steve Martin, wants to dive back into dating after his divorce and has a hard time meeting the right women, but he lucks out with online dating and meets a fellow lawyer. The two agree to meet in the flesh... But the woman he meets, an escaped African-American convict named Charlene, by, played by Queen Latifah, is not what he expected. <laughs> Peter is freaked out, but Charlene convinces him to take her case and prove her innocence, and along the way they learn to become friends. It's 2003 legal catfishing. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen it, or I've seen clips of it, because... I do enjoy Queen Latifah's acting. I think she's very good. There are so many comedies that are so much worse than some of their parts. Like, you have Steve Martin and Queen Latifah playing opposite each other, and you end up with a 49% by critics and a 34% by audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Flop. Flip those, but... Okay. What the fuck? (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, man. Sometimes all it takes is the right director. Sometimes you can have all the correct pieces, and you still fuck it up. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Cow a bummer, dude. Alright, then let's get into the episode. Episode 4, Trapped. What What do you think the title is implying here? I have no idea. Is it... Are they trying to get at Shauna is trapped? Maybe? I, this one This one befuddles me. I have no idea what they're trying to talk about. Okay. If this was the ep- name for last week's episode, it'd be like, oh yeah, the challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Did they just use a random word generator for this one? Who's to say? Hey, but you want to know what's fucking crazier than the name? Yeah. You don't have a shelter on day fucking 10? (laughs) You are more than a quarter of the way through this game and you haven't built a goddamn shelter? I think they're more along the lines of trying to fix it and make it passable. It holds two people. Yeah. You have like, what, seven at this point? Yeah. What the fuck? It's it's bad. It's just it, all around bad. You have ten days of doing nothing besides mm-hmm. challenges. How do you not have something that is better than this? I don't know what to tell you, man. This is... And this is... Like, listen. I'm not gonna pretend that, like, there aren't parts of the show that I could have the wool pulled over my eyes and, like... They're, they're doing like the, oh, look, the women can't survive on their own. But, like, we're on day 10, and your camp's a fucking disaster until a couple days ago, and you don't have a shelter still. Yeah. No fucking editor in the world is making that look worse than it is. Because <laughs> it's there. I can see it with my fucking eyes. Yeah. And the way we open this episode is very enlightening to this situation. Because we, it, we're sleeping, everyone's sleeping... Joanne is sharpening the machete, which I'm like, okay, we're getting a little too snuff film for my taste, but all right. <laughs> Jean and Joanna get to work. They, they're they out, they're doing their thing, and they're like, everyone said that we were going to be working early this morning, and nobody's up. So they're upset, they're working. Shauna is pissed that everyone is waking the tribe up with dirty looks. Like, all the, everyone else is waking up and getting like the, hey, remember that time we said we were working early yeah we're not working early this would drive you fucking crazy steven which which side if the tribe was like all right we're gonna wake up early even if like they didn't agree who knows if they actually agreed to that or if they were just told that yeah but i can i can hear you being like god damn well i'll make up a name uh uh (laughs) billy and ken if you're like, God damn it, Billy and Ken, they told me they're going to fucking help me, and now they're not. Fucking do it. I'm a very schedule-based person, so that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And we spend this whole intro just talking about the conversation of, here's the divide. It, it's a work-based divide, but it's still down the lines that we've established earlier, kind of. And we'll get back to that. Heidi, Heidi is sitting there like, hey, if they want to do all this work... I'm going to let him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not a bad strategy. <laughs> like, I, it's kind of scummy, but it, I mean, if they're going to throw passive-aggressive hissy, hissy fits and do the work, cool. Because, like, they've now, they've now ostracized themselves by throwing, even if they're right. Yeah. They've, by having this attitude, they've ostracized themselves. Correct. And they're still doing the work. The only thing I didn't agree with Heidi on that was she was like, 
We, we're taught growing up that hard work gets you ahead, and that's true in the real world. It's not true in the real world. It's true. It's not. I mean, hard work is better than not doing hard work, but, like, that's a myth. <laughs> and we flash over to Tamaki, and they're on a fishing adventure. We're, we're gonna go catch some fish, and they, they can't catch fish again. They are still struggling to catch this fish. And then they had the brilliant idea, you know, we've talked about it. There's, a, there's like worms and things and grubs around here. Why don't we just go collect some worms and grubs to use as bait instead of fishing with no bait? It took till day fucking 10. Like, think of that. Dudes, we had an entire reward challenge about bait. Yeah. Which now in retrospect, that seems like a pretty lame reward. If you could just go hunting for worms and grubs. Correct. It is a lame reward, but <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that entirely different conversation. Although I will say, even when the in this episode, I don't know how it projects forward, but the guys don't catch that big a fish at their camp. But like the women are catching like fucking huge carp and shit. Mm-hmm. So maybe the bait reward was useful. Yeah. And a thing to highlight here, Matthew was excluded. Everyone goes off and, and starts searching for this, and Matthew kind of gets left behind, and he's aware of it. He knows that siding himself with... Ryan and Daniel. With Ryan and Daniel early on kind of put him in this position. Yep. And but, but he's thinking out loud. He's very strategic. He's like, I could throw a hissy fit. I could go storm up to them and be like, why are you excluding me? but that's not going to do me any favors. I am a big boy. I can figure out these emotions. I can put aside my ego and I'll just, I'll make it work. This is what I was talking about with Chrissy, albeit Matthew's not being excluded because of a disability. Correct. So that's a, it's a different conversation, but Matthew basically says the things I was saying about, like you can't then compound your problems by throwing a fit. Yeah. 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 And Fair he, or unfair. He does a good job. He's very smart about it. And they find baby scorpion. Terrifying. What? It was, it was so cute and so terrifying at the same time. You go. We flip back to the women, and oh my goodness, things get off the rails here. Heidi. Immediately. Heidi, oh man. There are bigger women who have more fat to work with. Us smaller women are more the stay-at-home types, and we should let them do all the work. How did I miss that? Oh, it's... It's bad. That's really bad. That's really bad. Jesus they, Christ, Heidi. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on with Heidi, and I I'm with the people, the older women in America at this point, saying fuck that. Yeah, it sucks because the younger women on the tribe are more charismatic. Yes, but also they keep saying horrendous shit. <laughs> Honestly, I like Jenna. I haven't. I mean, maybe if Jenna opens her mouth, I won't anymore. But I like Jenna. I, I want Chrissy to win. Yeah. I want Chrissy to win the whole season. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's going to happen. But, yes, this this is a disaster. Yeah, Jenna also kind of goes off on a little bit of a, a conceited rant. First, Joanna goes on this long monologue of this too shall pass. Joanna's fucking insane, man. Joanna when, is fucking insane. I don't think she's insane. I think she just can't read a room to save her life. Yeah, and then is... It mix that mm-hmm. with being a like not being but being the pastor mm-hmm. for a group that doesn't want a pastor. Yes, and that's what I'm talking about. Because later on in the episode, she says, "I am bringing like yes, physical strength, but I am also bringing this spiritual strength to the tribe. I am giving these inspirational speeches and singing for these people." And I'm like. Girl, they don't, they don't want it. This is, Stephen, if I was able to look up things about the season, which obviously I can't, but I was able to, I would try to find excerpts that were cut from Joanna, and then I would look up speeches by 1800s preachers and try to get you to guess who said it. Because she talks like a fucking 1800s firebrand preacher. Mm-hmm. It's insane. This could be kind of fun game. I mean, I can't, I can't set it up. Sure, but I can. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> And then we we start to see these lines form, and they've already been formed, but we have a new twist on this. In that Heidi says, you know what, it's easier for everyone else to gang up on the smaller, cuter girls, her words. Sure. 
because it's just it's easy to perceive that. So we need to rope in someone else, and they do. They get they approach Dina and say, "Hey, we want an alliance." Where is Chrissy? I they straight up. I'm not even joking. Mm-hmm. Through when they were doing the when she was like drawing the lines. Yeah, I had I turned off the episode and checked to make sure I didn't skip one because I was like, "Is Chrissy gone?" And I just missed an episode. Nah. What? They, I mean, I think it shows as it showed in the last episode when they were bathing. They don't consider Christy, uh... Sorry, I keep saying Christy. Christy. Yeah. They don't consider Christy part of them. They don't even consider her part of the tribe. They, when she was doing the vote counting, Mm -hmm. she didn't put Christy on either side or list her as a swing vote. She just forgot she was there. Yeah. What? I, I I think it shows a lot about where the, these people are. It does, and it's really unfortunate. Yeah. But Dina could take this and be like, okay, I could run back to this other group of people and like easily start picking them off because we know that this is their crew. But Dina sees this as an opportunity. Yeah. I can run the show with these people. Yes, and I, she can. And she can. She is clearly better at controlling than these these younger people are dina's quickly becoming one of my favorites of the season will this bite her though because she's setting herself up to be a leader of these younger women will this then uh, will it turn on her or when the numbers are there will the younger women pick off dina or will dina pick off the younger women i think dina could pick off the younger women i also think that even though she set herself up to be in this position, she's not fully committed to it, right? Mm -hmm. Just because she voted off Joanna does not mean that she's committed to ride or die with these other women. Because she can easily hide that vote behind, I fucking hated Joanna. (laughs) And everyone would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And and like, as far as women goes, 99% chance that Shauna's the next one to go anyway. So she has this group that she hasn't... She now has an in with both groups. Mm-hmm. Both groups think that they're on her side, or can at least think they're on her side. Do we think there'll be more than one... Like, if the women go to tribal more than once before the merge, again, I would be kind of surprised. Could happen, I, but I don't know, what, like three votes till the merge? Two votes till the merge? Traditionally, yeah, it would be... We're bound, so probably two. So yeah, they'd have to lose both both challenges for Dina to even be a possibility. Mm-hmm. And even then, they're not gonna the young girls aren't gonna pick off Dina before they pick off uh, Jean, for example. So I think it's pretty smart. Okay. And Dina is saying, I have nothing in common with these girls. I think I am able to talk and persuade them easier just where I am yeah. with my stance. I agree. Flip over once again. Eagle snagging a fish out of the water. That's a cool shot. It is a metaphor for what's going on now. Matthew catches a fish. It's a big fish. Hello, fish economy. I know, right? If you need to get back into a tribe... Start fishing. Start fishing. Start bringing them food. Yep. And say, hey, look what I brought you. I'm worthwhile now. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I did like... Especially for the people that have power in his tribe, right? Like, they're... The boomers are like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and the gays are turning the frogs gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, get a big fish. They'll be happy. I did appreciate his his one-liner where he's like, I have good news and bad news. Bad news, I'm going to smell like fish today. <laughs> like, ah, good for you. And we get to the reward challenge. It is a fire-making challenge. Super early. Super early. This is something that they've always done traditionally as an individual challenge. Yep. And later on, eventually, they incorporate it into the game entirely. So yeah. I do know, I do know about that. Yeah. I know how. Yeah, that's that's not a spoiler. Like that is it's part of the format. It's a staple now. Yeah, yeah. So you have to build a fire, and then you have to move it to four different sections to burn through four sections of rope. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this challenge? It had the potential to be a dud, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was a dud with how it played out because of like the the teamwork aspect that got brought into it mm-hmm. i am not super thrilled about it but yeah it could have been worse sure yeah how do you feel it just 
transporting a fire, what did they use? What did the guys use? It was like a shield or something. It looked like they had like this big metal pot or shield or something. They were using to carry the whole thing. Oh, I don't think so. I thought Roger went and grabbed something that like supported the, that they like built the fire in and then literally just like picked it up from rope to rope. But oh. I could be wrong. If they did, I did not catch that because I saw everyone like moving sticks that are already on fire with their bare hands. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God. That's better. Also, the fucking wind. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking wind, man. What a terrible day for that in this big open exposed area. But I, yeah, so I, you're right. I think it had the potential to be a dud. I was entertained enough. I don't know how to make it better, but I liked it well enough. I mean, we already know how to make it better. Don't do it as a team challenge. Well, sure, of course. But yeah. if you're going to do it as a team challenge, I don't know how to make it better than that. Yeah. So what happens is the women get their fire first. They're very good at this flint and like they, yeah. they get that flowing and it does take probably like two or three minutes after for the men to get their fire started. Do you think if it wasn't such a windy day, mm -hmm. the men still win this challenge? Maybe, but the how they block the wind as a unit mm -hmm. definitely won them this challenge. Yes, and I if it wasn't windy, I don't think they win this challenge. The okay. women were pretty far ahead, Yeah, and then it couldn't, like it was like the second one or whatever, they couldn't get the rope to burn because the wind kept blowing the fire, and yeah. they didn't become one human shield. <laughs> I think my biggest problem with this challenge is that there's a lot of standing around and waiting. Yeah. And, like, you could have people working on fires in different locations. Yeah. The fact that you have to go from one to one to one to one is anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, you want these highlighted areas of this person screwing up, this person screwing up, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's not there. Good on the cinematography, though. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a lot. a hard one to film. There's a lot of good stuff. Like, the men make up some ground. Jeff specifically has to call out, like, start figuring out ways how you're going to block that wind. Yeah. And they do. Like, the guys huddle all together, and they're, like, fanning out their shirts to block the wind. Burning off their leg hair. Burning off their leg hair. They are so close and so up in this fire that their their legs are burning. And they're like, guys, guys, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Guys. Guys, my, my leg hair's... Um, mm, and they, like, have to rotate out. It's so funny. Yeah. And I think it's Dave. Dave is the one who's taking the brunt of it. It's so funny. How do you feel about the reward itself? <laughs> so, we I forgot. We didn't mention this. We're playing for a fully functioning fridge stocked with Coke. What the fuck? <laughs> what a dumb reward. I... I think it might have been season one where I was like, well, it's not like they can give him a fridge. <laughs> they and gave him a fucking fridge? They gave them a fridge out in the Amazon. Which oh, also, the women are just like storing their fish in a bucket. Yeah. I really wish they would have won just <laughs> for that. What the fuck? A fridge? And like a generator, I guess? Do they just yeah. like keep filling it up with gas? Like, I don't... How do you keep it running? It's It's got to be a generator wild yeah so that in itself is hilarious but it's i think it's pretty hot in the amazon yeah so that's nice yeah you can just like put your buff in there and like on a hot day Oof. sure i love it but just think about how hard that fridge is working we worked together at a a camp where if our fridges got even hotter than 80 degrees they melted down and never worked again you remember those mini fridges that all of them broke because they bought cheap ass? Oh, mine always worked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah. All three of the mini fridges in my cabin ended up going kaput. Hmm. Yeah. So imagine being out in the Amazon where it's wet, it's hot, it's humid, and it's working on a generator. <laughs> Probably not great. Better than nothing. Yeah. Anyway, the men win. Actively burning themselves to get this challenge. And I, I want to point out how far the women have come from day one. They took 10 hours mm -hmm. to make fire on day one. Yeah. Part, part of that might have been not wanting to use the kerosene to learn how to build a fire. But, like, they built their fire first. They, they were better fire makers than the men. They just didn't transport it or cover the wind as well. Yes. Correct. What's funny, though, is you get back to camp and they're doing the math and they're like, all right. We have 23 Cokes in the fridge. <laughs> so meaning, I'm assuming they counted the ones that they gave them at the reward challenge, because 23 is just a bad number to have. 
Yeah. They gave them... Maybe they gave them 30, because there's six of them left, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So that, yeah. So then one each, and then, um, I don't know, maybe someone had two? I don't know. They gave one to Jeff. Sure. Here you go, Jeff. Take a Coke. Or they miscounted. Wild. I saw some vanilla Coke in there. Oh, fucking, what are we doing? Ah, uh, did you, okay. I don't know what your timeline was when you found out you had diabetes. It would have been about four years after this. Okay. Did you have, like, a favorite flavor of Coke? I just like regular Coke. Okay. Yeah. Though I do know Baja Blast came out, like, six months before I became diabetic, and that was a fucking travesty. And the day they made Diet Baja Blast the first time, <laughs> holy shit. Good you. would have thought I won the goddamn lottery. You did. You won the PepsiCo lottery. <laughs> I was always partial to cherry vanilla Coke. Mm, you know what's really good? What? Peach Fanta. Ooh, okay. And like the freestyle Coke machines? Yeah. Peach Fanta. Nice. Amazing. Okay. I have cut caffeine, so all... Well, Fanta <laughs> I can have. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? Fanta I can have. You cut caffeine? I did. I've, I haven't drank caffeine since before I met you. You're a fucking psychopath. That's not true. I'll have it in like... I'll have like regular Coke in a mixed drink every once in a while, but... In the I, last 24 hours, I have drank coffee three times and a Red Bull. You're insane. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're both insane in this in this scenario. <laughs> we're both on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, people in the middle are like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, guys. You, you can do this like a normal human. No. We don't. I refuse. Anyway, the women are having a full breakdown. Shauna is sucking energy from my left toe, is how she puts it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know what it was about Coke that throws you into the ultimate depression. You're like, uh, it's, it's a creature comfort. It's the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like you're miserable. And I think it's losing the challenge, not losing the reward. Sure. Anyway, the women are like, this is the worst possible time for this breakdown. We can't, we can't have you doing this. Like we need to move forward. I have a question. Uh -huh. If Shauna wanted to go, why didn't she just go? She could have. It's that's where the producers, Pressuring people to stay on the show. I think we might have talked about that before. I'm, I'm sure the producers don't want anyone bowing out. Like, just like with our Lord and Savior BB over here. Yes. Where it's like, I want to go. And they're like, no. Like, don't. Unless there's something seriously wrong. I'm sure they'll, like, threaten to take away your whatever stipend or oh, something. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, if you want to get people to vote you out, then that's how we want to proceed with this. Yeah. Okay. That's unfortunate. But, I mean, it's not going to be the, the last time that somebody walks away from the show. Sure. And, it's, and there's a difference between, like, I'm so tired and I'm contemplating leaving versus, like, I, want, I have made a decision I want out. Yep. Yeah. And Dina's sitting there like, fuck, shut up. Drink your water like you were supposed to and you're going to feel fine. Not to her, obviously, but to us. Yeah. I'm sure she says a nicer version of that to her. Yeah. I knew at this point the women were going to tribal. And, and Shauna says, if, if we go to tribal tonight, I probably want to go. <laughs> they said, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> there's, there's the intro for you. Just one highlight from the guys camp before we switch over to immunity challenge. Roger, everyone's talking, they're sitting in their shelter and Roger's like, Rob is the most enthusiastic kid I've ever seen, but he's really pathetic. 24 years old and he's... Singing karaoke in his basement. How much of Rob is an act? That's what I can't figure out. The world is, may never know. Is that even true? Like, if you are actually Machiavellian, mm -hmm. right? Make yourself seem as pathetic as possible. Sure. In the early game. Like, especially if, if you're reading a room and, like, you don't want to be a threat. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, of course, Roger's gonna be like, ah, okay, weirdo. Yeah. And, like, still work hard, but, like seem like you are an uncharismatic loser. Because, mm -hmm. like, we've seen some interesting stuff from Rob in confessionals. Yeah. Fascinating. I'm not changing my winner pick, but Rob could very well be the winner of this season. All right. I'm not going to change it because I, I, I only change it when that person gets voted out or at the merge. Sure. But I could very well see Rob winning this season. Yeah. I mean, I, by all means, put it out there like, hey, this is, this is what I think is going to happen. But I'm not there yet, but yeah. I, I could, I see the path for him. Okay. Like there are people I don't see the path for. Like I don't see Roger winning this season. Okay. I don't see Gene winning this season. I 
don't see Shauna winning this season. <laughs> but I can see Rob winning this season. Okay. All right. Anyway, that same night, we get a late night mail call. It is a piranha. And it says at 4.30 a.m., best be ready. You're about to go fishing. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so we show up, and it's literally one hour fishing competition. I thought this was kind of quaint. Tell me more. You don't like it. I don't like it. I thought it was kind of cute. Like, it's not... I, I don't like the fact that it's also a reward challenge. Mm -hmm. Because if you win, you get to keep your fish. I agree. Either both sides have to keep their fish or neither. Yep. Because that's not what you're playing for. But, I don't know. I thought it was kind of quaint and fun to do like this, this, this very simple skill that you have taken time mm -hmm. to master or hopefully you've taken time to master, you now get to put on display. It reminds me of the kite challenge, but in a way that doesn't that feels like important to the life of the show and the life of your camp, versus, shit, we ran out of stuff, go fly a kite. This is light years better than the kite challenge. But this should be a reward challenge and not an immunity challenge. Correct, and I think that's my biggest problem, is it should be a reward challenge. And I would have less of a, of a problem with it if they were playing for the fish they caught. Why not just flip these? Make the fire challenge the immunity, it, make the fishing the reward, and sure, you can still do the fridge of coke and the fish. Yeah. Honestly, this is exactly what I was going to say and what I wrote down, so thank you for being on, on my level with this. <laughs> anyway, it's so many fish. Jeff has to show them, here's a piranha, this is what, look out for these guys, you don't want to be, he starts playing with the fish's jaw weird and a weird thing like i was like okay so somebody's gonna get bit and nobody yeah. gets bit i guess this is part of like hey like we get to learn a little about the environment we all know what piranhas are but that i don't know it was weird but it was kind of interesting and yeah. kind of fun they're trying to highlight the danger of this fishing challenge which in itself is hilarious to yeah. think about anyway the big highlights from this challenge, Dave and Roger have this weird tag team going on where Roger is fishing and like catching the fish and they're doing it so fast that he just hands it to Dave. Dave stomps on it, gets the fish off the hook, rebates it, and then hands it back to Roger in time for him to get another fish. Great. It's like, okay, that's genius. Cool. Yeah. I love it. I want to point out a, a big change in the guys mm -hmm. from the beginning of the season. They, Jeff comes and comes by and is like, you know, the women could have more fish than you. And I don't, I think it might have been Rob, but I don't remember who it was, was like, yep, they sure could. Yeah. As opposed to like, no, nah, there's no way, bleh, we got, bleh, we're the men. Uh-huh. I was like, they've learned humility. They've learned. <laughs> Will it stick? I don't know. But they've now learned. Now they've won two in a row, let's see. They show the difference in that all the guys are kind of grouped in the same area. Yeah. They Survivor makes a very pointed statement of saying that this is both areas that we're sending you to are chock full of fish like they're great how well do you expect that to be true i expect it to be unknowable i don't think they spent like days scouting out like the best yeah. fishing spots they just picked two spots arbitrarily and probably like at best they probably fished there the day before and we're like okay cool there or like stuck a camera down there we're like cool i see fish yeah I don't think if there was a disparity, it was intentional. I think that's also part of why I, I don't like the way this challenge is set up. Like, mm. I think people should be allowed to go wherever they want. Sure. And, like, you don't want people pushing and shoving for spots. But yeah. if you want people, like, right up on top of each other trying to catch the same fish, it's I think that's great. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to point out, you get rid of Daniel and your tribe immediately goes on a winning streak. I can't argue with that. You're right. Anyway, the men win. They try to make it look closer than it is. Yeah. When he when they put them in those in those things, I'd be like, all right, who had more? I was like, come the fuck on. Yeah. We know who had more. They really try to flash away from the <laughs> the women's when they put it in the basket. Like yeah. real quick. So you're like, don't look. Don't actually look. Don't look at how, how fucking few fish there is in comparison. You see the fish. Great. My favorite part was Jeff trying to pull away the brace of the scale mm -hmm. because it's a pretty primitive scale. Like it's just going to go down into which side of whatever's going on. But th when you build it that way, it's just going to, if it's so disparate one way or the other, it's going to be real hard to pull that brace yep. out. And it was, yep. it was great. So yeah, men win. When we go to tribal, Shauna falls down on her, like right when they get back to camp, like uh, a faint. <laughs> She's transported back to Victorian England. Yeah. 
you don't want to say foreshadowing, but it's Survivor saying, girl, look at this shit. Like, she should be going home here. And yet! And yet, this is where Dina goes on and starts trying to prop, prop her up, saying, no, we're not letting her go home. And Dina's, Dina's a good leader. Dina mm-hmm. at Tribal does a really good job. Mm-hmm. And rallies her team to save somebody that should go the fuck home. Yeah. Joanna must be fucking impossible to work with. Like, I cannot imagine. How how fucking... Can you imagine being Joanna and the tribe is just like, yeah, you gotta go. Because, like, what was the vote split? It was, I believe, there are seven left. Five to two. Yeah. So only Joanna and Jean. Correct. That's fucking nutty, man. I'm gonna look that up before I, I get it, it wrong. It could be Christy, but I'm pretty... Yeah. But Christy also fucking hates Joanna, so I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, sorry. I'm glad we looked this up. This is interesting. It is a four to two to, to one, one split. Because Shauna votes for somebody else. No. Oh, yes. Shauna votes for Christy. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So Shauna just, like, out... Doesn't know what's going on. Or wants to go home, but can't vote for herself, so throws her vote away to not tip the scales. Yeah. Yeah, so Joanna and Jean voted for Shauna. Shauna voted for Christy, and everyone else voted for Joanna. Wow. Interesting, before this happened, they drag in Christy to, like, talk about this. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. Yeah. And they are sitting there like, hey... We need you. Like, let's let's bring it in. And Christy's like... We've lost Shauna's vote to save her. Christy's like, I'm the swing. I didn't expect this to happen. And she's like, and I fucking hate Joanna. Ooh. Mm. What do I do? What will I do? It's great. It's a good time. Anyway, anything else you want to highlight from Tribal? Man, I just can't get over it. How fucking bad about yourself must you feel if you're Joanna? Yeah. <laughs> I, I already talked about the... the I try to keep the spirituality up in camp. So dumb. Jean, I want to... F- I think this is interesting. I don't know if this is gameplay or this is what she actually thinks. Because with Jean, uh, you don't really know. She sure. says there's an even distribution of work. We follow a routine and everyone is on that routine and does their work. Yeah, that's interesting because it contradicts what Heidi says. Correct. And it contradicts what Jean says earlier in the episode. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's interesting because usually people are contradicting each other. Yeah. Jean is contradicting what Heidi says about herself. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's interesting. Is this a strategy thing to be like, nah, everything's fine and like bury it deep down inside so that no I one think has so. any problem? Yeah, I think, and Jean's smart. We've seen, well, I, I don't know if Jean, Jean is strategic, but Jean is making the wrong choices. Okay. The moves she's making are calculated, but holy shit, is she bad at math. I argue, I I think, yes. Unfortunate that Dina is actually a great leader and you sold yourself down the river on that one. But honestly, she made the the relationships and the decisions that she had to. Yeah. I don't see it working out any other way, given what they're given. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, we lose Joanna. Joanna's going home. Thoughts about Joanna? She's awful, man. She's awful. (laughs) All we see, I mean, you know, we only see what we see, but it seems like nobody likes her. She starts fights for no reason. When asked to do something as simple as like, can you shut up so I can sleep? She says no. Yeah, we're not doing that. I, she might be, besides BB, she might be the hardest person to get along with that we've seen in five seasons, Uh six seasons. And not even in a, like, a mean way. And I feel like this, this grating of a personality is not something we've seen before. Yeah. Cause she's not like outwardly, she's not attacking people for the yeah. most part. She's just has really loud views. It's like, she's trying to get people to fight her on them and nobody wants to. And she will just keep being loud until somebody fights her. I will continue to raise the stakes until someone stops me. About, like I joke and say, I'll die on any hill, but I'm not sending out, postmarked invitations for people to meet me on hills and then screaming until they do. Uh, She is an early vote in any season she's in. So more or less grading than Greg from Borneo. Oh, I loved Greg. Okay. Greg was a wacky, zany guy. Yeah. Greg had charisma. Okay. Joanna has, has no charisma. 
and she just only wants to fight people all the time, and even when nobody is agitating her. It's insane to me. <laughs> it's like she came on, like, she would do well on, like, a Real Housewives type of reality show, where, like, the point is arguing. Mm-hmm. She just wants to argue with people. Yeah. Anyway, they do catch up with her in the quarantine questionnaire, and she sticks to her guns on this one. Oh, man. She 20 years later. Was very proud that they did not edit out the hallelujah. They actually edited it in really cool ways, which I think is so out of touch. Like, yeah. oh, man. I was very proud of beating those guys and hearing them say it because it was the Lord on their side. I know that the Lord was on our side because we had no idea what we were doing, but when it came to the challenges, we looked like we had it together. That was... <laughs> that is the way it was with faith in God through Jesus Christ. And she also says that I stand by what I said on the island, that I will not touch that immunity idol. Jesus fucking Christ. Man. Yeah. Just missing the point. <laughs> oh, I want to find that quote. Where was it? I never believed that I should compromise who I am or what I believe in for a game. I still feel that way right now. No 49. one was asking you to. No one was asking you to. I caught a lot of flack for not touching the immunity idol, but I would not touch it again if I played. I, for those listening, I'm shaking my head. The, I, bi- the biggest eye roll. Eyes rolling right out of his head. Dude. Holy shit. Also, like, 20 years. 20 years to learn and grow and ponder, and you're like, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. Wild. Ooh, this is also something I do want to highlight before we move on. Jenna asked me to pray for her mother as we sat beside the river. Her mother was very ill, and my mother had passed away within the past two months. Shauna was also struggling with her confidence, and we prayed about that too. I'm not sure if that was mind-blowing, but it was worth noting. That's sweet. Yeah. I just, I think that's interesting that Jenna asked to pray for her mother. Sure. Something, something weird, but also like... Jenna also could be religious because there's different levels of religious. And like, I was, I was raised very evangelical. I don't hate religion or Christianity or any of that, but this brand, this fire brand Mm -hmm. of Christianity and religion makes me so mad. Yeah. Versus like somebody that's like, you want to go pray for your mother by the river and consoling somebody and and you and are communing with God? Good for you. Mm-hmm. When you're screaming hallelujah at the top of your lungs and arguing with people about an idol that is just a game trinket and constantly every single thing, all, all branch ways of conversation on the RPG conversation tree lead back to Jesus, I'm done, man. <laughs> Okay, let's... Uh, Protagonist of the episode? Yep. It's actually Shauna. Okay. It could be... It, uh, you could make a good argument for Dina. But I think that Shauna is... The, the, the question of the episode is, will Shauna stay or not? Hmm. And Shauna has the power to go home. And what do you think? <sighs> what, what do you think is going to happen? You know what? I changed my mind. Okay. Well, I'll talk about it. It's Dina. Because Shauna actually could be the protagonist of the episode, mm. but she doesn't decide to stay. She, she votes for Christy and throws me your vote and says, please get rid of me. Okay. So actually, it is Dina. Dina's the one who brings in Christy, like, we need you, yeah. and sets up Joanna to go home. All so right. yeah, it's Dina. Nice. All right. Anything else you would like to say before the end of the episode? Nah, man. <laughs> Jared said his piece. I've said my piece. All right. Then I'll say my piece. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hallelujah. Oh, Praise be given. I did think of one one more thing, actually. Okay. These... Every time. Every time. These fucking weirdos, like Joanna and Zoe, and I, I'm trying to think of others, but like Peter, I guess, but he goes home after one episode. Yeah. I am kind of glad that they get cast. It does make for entertaining television. It does. I think we in the Survivor world have... We've enlightened ourselves to weirdos, or I think maybe just society as a whole, mm. seeing all these different stories, weirdos are just part of the norm now. And there are people that I would categorize as fucking weirdos in the beginning of the season, like Kathy in season four, yeah. that then changes and ingratiates themselves and becomes a fan favorite. Yeah. Like, if Kathy had gone home episode three, we'd have been like, wow, that fucking weirdo <laughs> loser that was like eating her tribe over the head about food for no reason. Like, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what would you like to promote? So, 
Oh. I know this one. I sometimes like to think about it. Did not have to think about it. I watched Puss in Boots 2 this last week. Okay. Stone off my gourd, of course. Dude. It might be the best animated movie I've ever seen. Yeah? It's better than Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Straight up. It if you like if you even like the stylization of anime, fucking watch it. Alright. I'm it's down. So fucking cool. <laughs> I had heard it was good. I did not know it was gonna be that good. Nice. Oh, okay, good for you. I'm going to promote Oreos. I fucking love Oreos, man. Oh, Oreos are so good. They're so good. I I have no good reason to do so. They just make me happy. Every time. Also, I'm saying a little bit more this season. Please rate, review, all that kind of shit. We know how many of you are listening. See, oh we have the analytics. Oh we know how many reviews we have. Oh my god. Fucking do it. It's just like, right now. Like we're gonna take five seconds. Just like open up the app. It, it, even if you're like, I hate you, that's fine. Maybe if you're driving. No, if you're driving, especially. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. Legally, the Survivor Tuning Big Time podcast won't let you touch your phone while you're driving. Thank you. <laughs> For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>